Welcome to the Reaching Forward Podcast. Let's look at the Word of God. Man, I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad for the Word of God. I'm glad for the Christmas season. You know, it's good to be glad. And if you're not glad, maybe by the end of the service you will be. Matthew chapter 14 and 18. Matthew chapter 14 and verse 18. It's a long one. He said, bring them hither to me. I'd like to preach in the thought of a message, bring it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, have your way through your Son, through your precious word, and God by your Spirit, in Jesus' name, amen. A wealthy man threw a party. He was a bit eccentric. He had a big, a big swimming pool, like an Olympic-sized swimming pool, and he had his guests uh, or gather around the pool, and he, he, he said, please don't, don't slip in the pool, and he, they noticed why. Because he had recently put sharks and alligators and piranhas and other uh, animals that could kill people and just they, they filled the pool and they could see him swimming around. And he said, I've got a dare if any one of you want to bring it. He said, anyone that can swim across this pool gets three wishes. Well, no one wanted to bring it. So the party continued. Uh, about 10 minutes later, the wealthy man wasn't paying attention and there was a splash. And there was a man, he wasn't walking on water, but he was swimming across the tank. And he made it. Lo and behold, uh, his clothes were a bit bitten up and tattered, but he was alive. And uh, kind of disoriented, but he was, he was there. And the host said, great job. I didn't think anyone was going to do it. What are your three wishes? The man said, oh, I, I got my first wish. He was, said, I'd like a shotgun. And he said, okay. And the host had it delivered to him. And then he said, I want some shotgun rounds, double lot buck. And the host said, okay, here you go. And the host said, what's your third wish? The man said, now, somebody lead me to the person who pushed me in. <laughs> Bring it sounds like kind of a dare. It's a bit threatening, and maybe people don't think of Jesus Christ uh, saying bring it. But as we work through this account in the Word of God, we'll show you that even if Jesus is soft-spoken, the reverberations in our heart of the gospel are very real, and they challenge us, and they dare us to believe God, to step out of our own comfort zone. The Bible says, bring it. The Spirit of God says, bring it. And Jesus, the Word of God, says, bring it. So why did this multitude in this account follow Jesus out into the desert? The account I'm speaking of, is the feeding of the 5,000. It's a wonderful miracle, and it's mentioned in each one of the four Gospels. Now, it's the only miracle mentioned in Matthew chapter 14, Mark chapter 6, Luke chapter 9, and John chapter 6. It's the only Gospel mentioned in all four. It's the only miracle, rather, mentioned in all four of the Gospels. And think about it. Why would Jesus do that? Why would God have this one miracle? Well, there's some probably some lessons in the loaves that he fed the 5,000 with. There's some lessons in those two small fishes. So we find that these people followed Jesus out into the desert. John chapter 6 and verse 2 said, And a great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles, which he did on them that were diseased. Now, it's interesting. 
the Bible records they saw him literally change lives. They saw lives changed. It wasn't just going to church. It wasn't hearing a good saying. They saw the, 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 the amazing power that Jesus had to, with, to deal with people who had been overcome by physical ailments. Jesus still heals, by the way. And, and let me ask you, uh, do you read your Bible? Because if you don't, let me, let me recommend the book, the book. It will change your life. It's not a self-help amulet that you wear around your neck. It's not a car air freshener for, you know, behind the back seat. The Bible is the word of God. It deals with the beginning of life. Even Charles Darwin, he wrote a book, and I'm not a believer in his doctrines, but Charles Darwin, he wrote a book. It's very famous. It's called The Origin of What? Species. It doesn't even say what the origin of life is, but the Bible gives us the origin of life. It tells us about God. It doesn't show the beginning of God because God doesn't have a beginning. In the beginning, God. You can find that out reading the first few words in the book of Genesis. It tells us the meaning of life. It's to fear God and keep his commandments. It tells us the end of life. Uh, the Bible said that is appointed to man wants to die. And then after that, it's the judgment. It tells us the nature of God and it tells us directions to a relationship with him. Accepting Jesus Christ into your life. People call it getting saved, being born again, but it's confessing Christ with your mouth and believing that he rose from the dead and he will come into your life. God gives us through the word of God things that money can't buy and death can't take away. It tells us how to have eternal life. The feeding of the 5,000, the first thing we want to deal with in Bring It is Jesus goes to the disciples and uh, it's becoming evening. In Matthew chapter 14, the account says, And when it was evening, the disciples came to him saying, This is a desert place and the time is now past. Send the multitude away that they may go into the villages and buy themselves victuals. So they might go shopping and go to the 7-Eleven, and they were probably asking the disciples, hey, is there dinner? (laughs) But you know what Jesus said to the disciples? Basically, he said, bring it. Jesus said unto them, not the people, but the disciples, they need not depart. Give ye them to eat. You feed them. Wow, what a challenge. You know, that, that, that's a challenge to our faith. Why? Because that's a lot of people. Now, if there were 5,000 men, as the Bible said, but the Bible said besides women and children. So if there are 5,000 men, it's Matthew chapter 14, verse 21. What if they're all married? Then you have 10,000, right? Well, if each married couple had four kids... How many is that? So five times, that's 20,000. So that's 30,000 people. That's a lot of people. And Jesus said, feed them. I mean, that's that's like a stadium full of people, right? Maybe not the big stadiums, but the small ones. And and the disciples were kind of, can you see them just looking at their face? Jesus going, are you you, you serious? (laughs) Jesus even asked Philip. He says, Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? Philip, where are we going to buy bread that these may eat? Notice Jesus didn't say there were too many people. He said, where are we going to get some food? And notice this. He said this to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. You know, God has a plan. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 18, For as much as ye... Know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold 
from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who by him do believe in God, that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory, that your faith and hope might be in God. Jesus was telling uh, Philip, Jesus was getting Philip, and Jesus gets us to a place of proving God through our faith. God has a plan. And you know what did Philip say? He answered and said, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take a little. Now, a penny is from the word, Roman word denarius, and in, it's, it's a laborer's, basically a laborer's daily wage. It's, it's their wage for one day's work, and you can find that in Matthew chapter 20 and verse 2. They agreed with a penny for the master to work like it labor-ready. And if you've ever worked at labor-ready, I've worked at uh, Labor Finders, which is kind of like it. You'd probably make about 50 bucks, right? At least some years ago, 50 bucks a day. Well, Philip said 200 penny worth, so that's like 200 days labor, right? For a laborer. So 50 bucks times 200 days is about $10,000. That's not chump change. But Philip would say, man, that's enough just to make everybody jealous because there's not going to be enough for everybody. What was Philip looking at? He was looking at his own power, his own ability, his own resource. Have you ever just shortchanged God and said, well, God, I, I don't know if that's going to work out. You know, that I'm thankful. We don't have to come to God with our own power, our own ability, our own resources. When Jesus says, bring it, he's really saying, bring your faith to him. Bring your faith. Bring you to a place of proving God. God desires to prove himself. Another disciple who is Simon Peter's brother, Andrew, said, Hey, there's a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes. But then even Andrew said, But what are they among so many? You know, it's uh, when I used to live in Turkey, my father said that these, these young boys... Uh, maybe eight years old, ten years old, they would walk around. They had like a, like a cloth donut kind of on their head and then a tray of Turkish sesame bagels, and they're called simit. And they would go around saying, simit, simit. Well, there was a little boy there, and he was a worker. He didn't donate his lunch, okay? In that culture and in the Middle East, there are little kids, uh, even probably recently, there, there's no child labor laws like in the United States. Kids work. And so the lad that had five barley loaves and two fishes, he was there to sell them. And so what? Well, preacher, why? Well, Jesus said, where shall we what? Buy. Jesus wasn't interested in getting the lad to donate. This was a young man who was working. And they uh, bought up the five barley loaves and the two small fishes. And uh, say, well, that's impossible. You know what? How it's interesting. Uh, when God says something can be done, it can be done. When God says something can be done, it can be done. I remember seeing this big building, and I don't know if it was a church, uh, but it was just huge. And I looked at it, and I was like, that, that's big like God. And I don't mean materialistic in, in that sense, in fashion, but it was such a big work, it couldn't have been done 
by a regular person. It would have to have all this stuff come to fruition to make that building happen. It was big like God. It was out of my power. It was out of my understanding. I wouldn't understand how the systems in the building work. It was big like God. We we need to trust God instead of figure him out. He said, we're beginning to buy bread. Andrew said, here's five loaves and two fishes. You know, when God says to do something a different way, just do it God's way. In the, in the Supreme Court, after they make a judgment, they issue something called opinions. And that's the writing of a judge that sets out the court's judgment and reasoning. Well, Jesus doesn't issue opinions. He said of those five loaves and two small fishes, bring them hither to me. He said, bring it. He said, first, I'm going to bring you uh, to a place of faith with this audacious statement of how we're going to feed all these people and you feed them. And then he said, bring what you have to me. You know, we need to bring it to Jesus. When, when, God come, when, when, when you come to the house of God and you hear the preaching of God's word, you kind of get fired up because we're facing things, right? Jesus was never daunted by the multitude. He didn't look out over that multitude of 5,000 men beside women and children and say, I don't know how it's going to work. Jesus has a plan. Jesus isn't surprised by our need. Jesus is the one that raises from the dead. Jesus is the one that heals diseased bodies. Jesus is the one that is our provider, Jehovah Jireh, my provider. He never counted the multitude, did he? He just counted the loaves, five loaves. Well, how many loaves did it take to feed the multitude, preacher? Five. John chapter 6 and verse 13, Therefore they gathered them together and filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. Jesus didn't create new loaves. He just broke apart the five loaves and the two small fishes and everybody ate and there were leftovers of those loaves over 12 baskets full and the and the fish as well. Jesus knows how to break some bread. If you want Jesus to help you out, man, Jesus can break bread. Break bread with Jesus. Bring something to Jesus. You know, there is something we need to realize from it. We need to bring something to Jesus. Not nothing, but something. Jesus was looking for them to bring something for him to work with. Can you do that? Come as you are. After my friend poured ketchup in his eyes for a dare, you ever dare someone? He poured ketchup in his eyes for a dare and he exclaimed, this was a terrible idea. Had ketchup running down his face. Well, the moral of the story is, Heinz sight is 2020. Well, you see, you can bring yourself to Jesus Christ just like you are. Bring, give him something to work with. He said, well, preacher, I need help in my marriage. Bring it to Jesus. Bring those five loaves and it doesn't seem like it's enough. But Jesus said, hey, we're going to buy bread and these people are going to eat. Jesus said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. I'm going to give you rest. But he said, bring me something to work with. You see, Jesus did three things. As soon as he brought, they brought it to Jesus, Jesus commanded the multitude to sit down. Matthew chapter 14 and verse 19 and took of the five loaves and the two fishes and looking up to heaven. And looking up to heaven, not by might, not nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. He blessed. He blessed. You know, when you run something that you have in your life and run it through the blessing of God, it can be 
more than enough. But then he break the second thing. You know, if you have a tree and it's not working out right, you break out some branches. It's called pruning, right? And it's really to ultimately multiply and make the fruit better, not make it worse. But sometimes God will help us to break off our sins by righteousness. God will break off some things that aren't needful in our life. God will break off some pride in our life. God will give us some humility by things we go through. But he's just making us better. He broke apart those five loaves and fed 5,000 besides women and children. But the third thing he did was he gave. He distributed to the disciples. Notice He gave the loaves to his disciples and the disciples to the multitude. That is worth noticing. He distributed to the disciples, not to the multitude. Jesus could have snapped his fingers and fed the multitude. He didn't choose to do it that way. God does things God's way. The disciples were the stewards of the blessing and a miracle from the very hands of Jesus. You know, if you're a Christian, you have been given a miracle from the very hands of God himself. What do you mean, preacher? If you invited Christ into your heart and God has changed your life, you are in possession of a miracle. If he has forgiven your sins by the blood he shed on the cross, by your stripes you're healed. Not only healed uh, uh, physically, but you can be healed spiritually of that old sin nature and be given the divine nature, whereby we're made partakers of the divine natures that we, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. You've got something to tell somebody else. The third thing Jesus commanded is bring it. Bring it to others. You know, the, the, the great privilege of being a Christian is to bring something I didn't pay for, I didn't do. I'm just bringing it. That's the great gospel message. Bring what Jesus did to, and gave to you to someone else. And it's wonderful to pass on a blessing. If you haven't done it, try it. (laughs) Spread a little joy this Christmas season. People need it. Here's some bread from Jesus. Can you imagine that? Here's some bread. Where's that from? Who's that guy up there? That's Jesus. (laughs) I need some more. I'll go get some more. There's more? There's as much as you need. Jesus can do it. And the disciples kept seeing it for themselves. I I remember there's there's a song and the refrain is, I just can't keep it to myself. What the Lord has done for me. I just can't keep it to myself. I I keep bringing it out. And you say, well, preacher, what did they do? And they ran out, went back and got some from Jesus. But you see, they caught a recurring theme, didn't they? It's like, man, I can get as much as I need from God. I can get enough for myself and more. And they all did eat and were filled. And they took up of the fragments that remained 12 baskets full. Jesus said, bring them hither to me. Bring them to me. When I, I live in the south in, in Jacksonville, Florida, or, or Orange Park, Florida, just south of Jacksonville. We're in orbit, okay, around the south part of Jacksonville. Coming out of church one day, I went to, I think it was a gas station, but I'm not really sure. And, and someone said, you got the shine. Now in the South, there's, there's expressions that we use. And they're like, you got something. Well, I've just been in church. And they noticed something. You know, you can tell when people are around God. Jesus 
has bread for people. You know, if you give someone earthly bread, John chapter 6 and verse 47, he said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. I am the bread of life. And he spoke to the Jews there and he said, your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness, this, this miracle bread that came down when they were in the wilderness for 40 years. He said, your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. No matter what type of uh, uh, diet you're on, if you eat keto, if you do pescatarian, if you do, uh, boy, there's all kinds of diets. Uh, what's the other one called? Um, oh. There's one that's like, uh, well, whatever diet, you're going to die. The things that you put in your body aren't going to stop death. <laughs> you might live a little longer, you'd probably be healthier. But John chapter 6 and verse 50, he continues, he said, This is the bread which cometh down from heaven that a man may eat thereof and not die. Then Jesus said, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. And Jesus went on to die on the cross, sacrificing his life that we may live, be made a curse for us and carrying our sins so that we may be made free from sin. You know, today, if Jesus is coming to you and he's saying, bring it to prove him, to prove his goodness and his provision, prove God today. If Jesus is telling you, bring it, bring something to him, that he can work with it, bring it. And maybe he's speaking to your life and saying, Christian, bring it. You've got some bread. You know the truth. You've got something that somebody needs. Bring it out to a lost and a dying world. And they can find this Jesus, this Jesus that declared, bring them hither to me. God bless you is our prayer. See you in church on Sunday.